Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Lollipop, lollipop, Good afternoon, Delight, and welcome to the show that is sugary spiciness and everything niceness on OCRFM. Uh, 98.3 across Colac and District, 88.7 FM if you're along the coast, and stream me online at ocrfm.org.au. How's it going, Mr. Max? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, how's the week? Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> keeping you busy enough? Yeah. What have you been up to for the uh, past seven days or so? I've had school camp. Oh, that's right. Where did you head off to? The Beachy Rail Trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what did you get up to? Well, um, bust out to Jallybrand, mm-hmm. set the tents up yep. at the campsite there. Yep. Then went out to Beach Forest. Yep. Then started walking from there all the way to Jallybrand, which was about <laughs> 18 kilometres. Fair old trek, yep. Then what was the weather like? It was actually pretty good. Yeah. It was nice and warm. Yep. Then the next day we walked from Jallybrand back to, um, can't remember where it was, but it was a... A little side town or something? It was like tennis courts. At Barongarook uh, or... Oh, yeah, probably Barongarook. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, met the bus at the tennis courts then. Drove back to school. Nice. Yeah. So quite a pleasant uh, trek. Yeah. Yeah. Feet hurt a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you have to do much preparation for it? Um, we had to buy buy all our own food and everything. Oh, yeah. you would have been in your element. Yeah. Had all the sweet treats down pat. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Um, oh, that's cool. So, um, any plans to do something similar again, or? Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah. maybe. We'll see. Cool, cool. Well, uh, we've got a big old show to get our head around, so without further ado, let's find out what's new on the shelf. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Okie dokie, time to find out what is new now. I'm actually not going to show you yet, Max. Okay. Because it's a new flavour of Mountain Dew. Now, I don't know about you. Are you a Mountain Dew drinker usually? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. I can't say I've ever had it in my life until this week. (laughs) And then all of a sudden I've seen it on the shelf and it's got a different flavour. So I thought, right, that's it. Uh, We'll give that a shot. So I've actually tasted Mountain Dew for the first time. And now I'm going to be tasting a different version of it. So what what does it normally taste like slash look like? It's like yellow, mm-hmm. and I don't really know what it tastes like. It's sugary, very sugary. I found it very sweet. Yeah, um, very 
sharp taste. Like, I'm not sure if it's a lime flavor, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, the first time I ever came across it was in the, the sh- That Sugar film. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a horrific film if you're doing a lolly show each week. Yeah. Uh, but there's this kid who lives on Mountain Dew and all his teeth rot out. <laughs> so I've never really touched the stuff. Um, it's apparently just as good as any other uh, soft drink for your teeth if you're not brushing them. Yeah. But uh, this one... It's bright pink. Bright pink, yeah. So it looks very different to the original Mountain Dew. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take a bit of a guess as to what flavour it might be if it's bright pink? I don't really know. might yeah. be like raspberry or strawberry. Yeah. Maybe. I'm not sure if the sniff test is going to help you at all for this one. Not really. Not really? Okay. Do you want to uh, have a sip, see if you can work out what flavour this Mountain Dew is? I don't think it's raspberry or strawberry. Oh, that's not too bad. I don't know. It's, um, I wasn't sure... <laughs> Um, how they were going to do it, but that does actually have, I'll, I'll narrow it down, it's a, it is a fruity flavour. Yeah. And I wouldn't say it is purely just the taste that it says on the bottle, um, but I can certainly taste that element. So maybe it's still got that really syrupy, sugary taste of Mountain Dew. Yeah. But then over the top, there's this other flavour. Sort of tastes like the red cordial. Mmm, yeah, which, which is traditionally a raspberry fra- yeah. flavour, but uh, no, it is not a raspberry flavour. I don't know. Not quite sure. Um, so this fruit, it's I would say it's more in the melon domain. Oh. <laughs> That's got him looking a bit puzzled. Grows on a vine. It is watermelon flavour, yeah. <laughs> Can you taste it? A little bit. Yeah. Watermelon is a very subtle flavour sometimes. Yeah. But in this case, with all that extra sugary, syrupy, slurpy, I wonder what this would taste like, actually, as a slushy. Yeah. I think you would... It would really highlight the watermelon flavour. Yeah. um, Because it tastes very syrupy. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I can actually taste the watermelon flavour. Yeah. it's true, it does exist. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I, I get where you're coming from when you said raspberry cordial. Yeah. Because I can taste that as well. But there's this really bitter aftertaste. Yeah. That kind of sits at the back of your throat. Um, but, yeah, they're calling that uh, Mountain Dew Major Melon. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a pretty mean-looking So it has the same design. Same looking design as a Seven Eleven Slurpee cup. I I did wonder if um, perhaps it was along that line. It he's he's looking pretty grotesque to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's an army decked out watermelon with a few war wounds. <laughs> he's been slashed up the sides, and then the other side it kind of has like a Venus flytrap um, watermelon. Watermelon, yeah, a little yeah. bit like a Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. And it's telling me that it's energised no sugar, but if that's no sugar, I'd hate to taste what the sugar version tastes like. Yeah. Because I can taste something. It's really, really sweet. sweet. Yeah. So they're using some sort of saccharin replacement. Yeah. Um, a low joule formulated caffeinated beverage. So it contains phenylalanine. Oh, 
one of my favourites. <laughs> Uh, and caffeine, not recommended for children, pregnant or lactating women, or individuals that are sensitive to caffeine. So uh, do be aware of that one. It's saying 0% sugar, but the fact that it's that sweet scares me. It's got to be the phenylalanine that's giving it that sugary aftertaste. Um, what's your uh, rating of the Mountain Dew Major Melon? I reckon it's a two thumbs up. Two thumbs up, Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not jumping on the, the train <laughs> with you for that one. I really don't think, like, I've only just had a small uh, mouthful of it. I don't think I could drink much more than that. Yeah. It's not one that I would be uh, reaching for. You can't really have a lot of it, but it tastes good. It tastes okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm giving it half a thumb if, if that. <laughs> Uh, so we will take a quick break here on Afternoon Delight. We'll be back to go uh, deep into our topic of the day, which is rum and raisin. So stick around for that. Radio Max, it is time for us to put the spotlight on today's topic, which is uh, rum and raisin. Yeah. Now, uh, this kind of snowballed from a comment uh, that Kitty Flanagan made when she was in town doing her comedy show saying that rum and raisin shouldn't exist as a flavour. It's just old people trying to get any sort of taste. So have you had rum and raisin um, before? I reckon I have. Yeah? Yeah. Um, It's one of those ones that translates across chocolate and ice cream. Um, there's a few chocolate blocks out there that become an ice cream flavour, and I have not been able to find which one came first, whether it was rum and raisin ice cream or rum and raisin chocolate. I'm assuming it probably would have been the rum and raisin ice cream um, because uh, chocolate just used to be chocolate and then they added fruit and nut and stuff to it later down the track, but uh, ice creams tended to have things added to it all throughout its history. It's not really been just a, a frozen um, beverage on its own without flavouring. Uh, they've added things like honey and sweeteners and fruits and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, rum, um, there is actual rum in quite a lot of the uh, the blocks that say rum and raisin, funnily enough. Um, so rum is made by fermenting or distilling sugarcane molasses or just the sugarcane juice. Um, it's produced in nearly every single um, sugar-producing region of the world. And uh, Tanduay is the largest producer of rum globally. Do you know where Tanduay is? <laughs> no. Nah. Uh, it's a Philippine alcoholic beverage company, so it's uh, from the Philippines. Oh, yeah. And I, I wouldn't have been able to put, place my <laughs> finger on the map for that one. Nah. But um, rum is produced in various grades. Uh, light rums are commonly used in cocktails, whereas the golden or dark rum is consumed uh, neat, they call it. Uh, oh. It could be uh, on the rocks, which is served on ice, or it's used for cooking, such as that that we are looking at today in the show. Um, so premium rums are made consumed either straight or iced, and it plays part of the culture of most islands in the West Indies. Um, and for me, it's it's always been the uh, the signature drink of a pirate <laughs> with the old yo-ho-ho and a Hi. bottle of rum yeah. sort of thing. It dates back to the early 1600s. Um, a Swedish warship called the Vasa 
was the first documented occurrence of uh, rum. Uh, before that, there was an early rum-like drink called Brum, which has been produced by the Malay people for thousands and thousands of years. Marco Polo recorded that uh, he came across a very good wine of sugarcane that was offered to him, which could have been rum from uh, what is now modern-day Iran. And uh, many historians believe that rum-making found its way to the Caribbean islands along with sugarcane, and so the traditional history of modern-style rum um, has come basically from that uh, Caribbean area. And by the late 17th century, rum had replaced French brandy as an exchange alcohol of choice. So um, it's one of those ones that uh, hopefully the alcohol content isn't too high. The fact that it's popping up in a block of chocolate tells you that it is safe to consume in small doses. You're not going to uh, necessarily get rolling drunk <laughs> with rum. And then we come to the raisin. What do you know about uh, raisins? Not much. Yeah, same deal. It's one of those ones that sultanas, you know what sultanas are? Yeah. Dried grapes? Yeah. Well, guess what a raisin is? Even dried grapes? <laughs> it is It is produced um, by, it's a, it's a certain type of grape being dried, and uh, it's reserved for its dark colour. So it can be used raw, um, in cooking, baking, or brewing. And in the United Kingdom, um, Ireland, New Zealand, and Australia, the, the word raisin is reserved for the type of grape, with sultana being the golden-coloured dried grape. So uh, a currant is an even smaller <laughs> black seedless grape. So there's various types of dried grape fruits, um, and that is what a raisin is. So I like sultanas. I don't remember ever liking raisins, <laughs> yeah. even though they're technically the same things. Um, so when they're processed, raisins are dried um, from the berry. The water inside the grape has to be removed completely. So the diffusion process is very difficult because the grape skin contains like a little wax um, in its cuticles and that prevents the water from passing through. So the physical chemical mechanisms located on the outer layer of the grape have adapted so that they don't lose water. They want to keep the water so the fruit is plump. So there are three steps to producing a raisin. The pre-treatment is the first step. And that to ensure the increased rate of water removal uh, happens during the drying process. Um, lots of different ways to do that apparently, but the most recent development is exposing the grape to oil emulsions um, to transfer the water from the outer surface of the grape. Oh, science. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then the drying is step two, as you would expect. Um, so there's three types of drying methods. So they can be dried out in the sun. They can be dried in the shade. Mm, who knew okay. that can happen? <laughs> or they could be dried mechanically. So sun drying is quite an inexpensive process, but in, um, it can be contaminated by things like um, insects out yeah. in the elements. So um, sun drying is a very slow process. Mechanical drying can be done in a safer and more controlled environment to make sure that you don't end up with mosquitoes in your extra protein <laughs> that's it <laughs> so they will um uh, dry them using microwave heating 
um, and you'll get these kind of puffy raisins out of uh, <laughs> the microwave process. So after the drying process is complete, you get post-drying. That is where um, any foreign objects are cleaned off, such as the stem, which sometimes yep. gets pulled off. Um, and the washing process may cause rehydration. So you've got to then dry it again <laughs> if it's uh, started to puff up. Um, but after all steps in the production have been completed, you end up with uh, these soft, squishy grapes that have uh, completely dried out. And they will be stored in sulfur dioxide to preserve the flavour and prevent the loss of vitamins uh, while they're drying. Yeah. Uh, you've got to be careful because um, uh, animals shouldn't consume raisins. Oh, okay. Uh, they can cause kidney failure in both cats and dogs. No one quite knows why, but don't feed raisins to your cats and your dogs. But uh, when they combine, they uh, create this um, complementary effect, uh, and they pop up, as we said, in uh, ice cream and in chocolate. We're going to be focusing on the chocolate side of things today. I was trying to hunt down some rum and raisin ice cream, but uh, it hath eluded me. So we've got three different uh, blocks to go head-to-head -head with after the break, and we will do that shortly. Ladies and gentlemen, strap yourselves in for this week's great confectionery debate as we pit two similar lollies against each other to decide an overall champion. Okie dokie, Max, it is time for us to go head to head to head with some uh, rum and raisin blocks we have with us here in the studio. Now, uh, something to note, uh, all of the rum and raisin are combined with a dark chocolate. Yeah. So obviously that's a good pairing. The, uh, the dark cocoa, so it's 50% cocoa in the Whittaker's block that we've got. Uh, what's the Daryl Lee? It's 47%. That's pretty dang close. Yeah. And then the Old Gold, which is Cadbury's Dark Chocolate. Um, that is... It just says Dark Chocolate Rum and Raisin. It's not giving us a uh, percentage <laughs> of uh, what it is. You're just meant to know that uh, it's saying 37% cocoa solid, but that's not necessarily saying that it's Dark Dark Chocolate. Yeah. 82% of the block is um, Dark Chocolate, 17% Raisin, and 1% Rum. So the old gold by Cadbury is um, is actual rum, one percent. What's the uh, the Daryl Lee? What was it? The percentage of uh, I've got to be careful driving home after eating this, obviously. <laughs> Zero point eight percent. Um, I'm, I'm safe there. And then the Whitaker's block is actually a rum flavouring, so it's not uh -huh. even real rum. We should be safe there. <laughs> not going to blow 0.05 off a block. Uh, now, it's interesting to note that uh, the Cadbury Old Gold range is where the rum and raisin comes in. It's not in the traditional dairy milk block. Yeah. They've kind of uh, snuck it under the Old Gold branding. So when I was hunting around for it, I was looking for a Cadbury rock, and I'm like, oh, Cadbury don't make a, a, a rum and raisin. But then uh, I realised I was holding it in my hand. <laughs> it's under the Old Gold brand. And they call it Old Jamaica Rum and Raisin. So, again, I'm not sure where that's come from. Yeah. If that's some sort of uh, Caribbean influence, as we uh, heard earlier from the the, the <laughs> rum story. But uh, Whittaker's, that's a New Zealand block, and it is huge. 
yeah. in comparison to the others. Um, it is 250 gram block, 180 gram for the Cadbury Old Gold, and then the Daryl Lee one, what's the... 170 gram. 170 gram. So you've got a, a pretty broad range. The Old Gold, Cadbury, and the Daryl Lee are pretty similar, but this Whittaker's one, that is a slab and a half of chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so pairing these up and trying to uh, pull them apart is going to be based on a few different things. We're going to try and discount the the darkness of the chocolate and focus on the rum and raisin, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how we go. So let's start with the, uh, yep, the Daryl Lee. So it's three across. Yeah. And they're pretty consistent squares. Yeah. It's got the Daryl Lee imprinted on the top. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was 47% you said? Yeah. And it's not really melting in my fingers all that much. Oh, yeah. now it's starting to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I can't really see much in the block. Um, okay, so the raisin is embedded deep inside. Now the, the rum flavour, that's pretty potent. Yeah. Um, for a 47% dark chocolate. It's that, pretty strong. Yeah, which is pretty strong. Are you finding it balanced out with the the rum and the raisin flavour, though? I can barely taste the raisin, mm. but the rum I can definitely taste. <laughs> Most definitely. It's not really a, a fruity block. Is there, like, you're limited to one raisin per piece? Oh, no, I've got one and a half <laughs> in this piece. So, the dark chocolate, it's not bitter. It co it, it's well complemented, actually. The, the sweetness of the raisin, I think, is what's mellowing it. You can't taste the raisin as such because the dark chocolate is so cocoa-y. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that rum is quite potent. Yeah. Mm. What are you thinking? I don't think I would choose it mm -hmm. from any other. Over the well, top of but like yeah, it's a Turkish delight or a yeah. a mint chocolate. All right, there. Mm. See, Anzac Day. Um, traditionally, they would have. Uh, I can't remember what they call it, but it's like a hot coffee with rum in it. Oh yeah. And something that they would drink in the trenches, apparently, to uh, warm themselves from the inside out. Thankfully, we don't have that sort of. Uh, need for rum in this day and age <laughs> yeah um okay so balancing out the sweetness of the the raisin is balancing out the kind of bitterness of the chocolate mm -hmm. but it's a very strong rum taste for the yeah. the daryl lee block okay uh where to next whittakers yeah so this is the darkest of the dark chocolate and holy dooly <laughs> right it is pretty dark <laughs> it is very dark oh there we go. So they come in a row of four, but they are smaller rows. Yeah. Now comparing that to the Daryl Lee one, it's it's definitely a darker shade. To think that that's only three percent. Yeah. Um, that scares me <laughs> because it is uh, quite a dark brown colour. It's bordering on like a, a charcoal. Yeah. Um. There's a lot more fruit in this, but that could be because the segments are smaller. 
Yeah. And the raisin is going to take up, like, majority of it. Have a nibble, let me know what you think. Not really tasting the rum this time. Yeah. Can't taste it as much. I'm getting a lot of fruit. Yeah. And it tastes more like a sultana than a raisin. <laughs> Even though technically they're the same thing, just different varieties and drying processes. I can't taste the rum. No, that just tastes like a fruit and nut block without the nut. Mm-hmm. And a darker chocolate. Yeah. That said, this is the one that had rum flavouring. Oh, yeah. So it isn't going to be as strong. But yeah, in comparison, definitely tastes fruitier than rummier. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's also very melty. Yeah. But I think it's getting absolutely coated. <laughs> it definitely is more meltier than the Daralee one. But I'm going to say that the Daralee is better than the Whitaker's. Yeah, I'm thinking that. So a darker block, but less. If you're going for the whole rum and raisin experience um, at the moment, it's definitely Daralee on top. Yeah. Whitaker's just tastes like dark chocolate and fruit. Yeah. Okay. Last one then. The old Jamaica rum and raisin. So this hasn't clarified whether it's of a raisin, uh, sorry, a rum um, flavouring. It does say 1% rum, so it could possibly be. Oh, it's got more than the Darley bar. Yep. So we're back to a row of four. Yep. But they're similar sized pieces this time. Uh, no, the Daryllie actually were larger squares. It actually looks lighter. Yeah, so this one, we couldn't quite distinguish what percentage of dark chocolate. I think it might be 37%. Oh, uh, yeah. So that would explain why it's lighter. Um, it's a lot lighter than even on the packaging. Um, <laughs> the photo on the oh, yeah. front yeah. looks like the same colour as the Whittaker's. Like, that. that's how dark. Yeah. This one almost looks like a milk chocolate. Mm, yeah, exactly. Which a lot of Cadbury blocks are based on. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm getting the rum flavour. Yeah. It's subtle, but it's definitely there. Yeah. And I can taste the raisin. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think they might have got the the perfect blend. Yeah. Maybe you didn't need to put as much emphasis on how much cocoa there was in the block. <laughs> I reckon if they had more, well, a higher percentage chocolate, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have been able to taste the rum or raisin. As yeah, good. I think it's a really good blend. They've, yeah. they've hit the right mark there. Balances the whole chocolate experience. Yeah. Which sounds very uppity, but I think they have nailed it. So I don't know about you, but I think that's on the uh, top of my pyramid. Yep. Then Daryl Lee, then Whittaker's. Mm-hmm. Which pains me because Whittaker's was the hardest one to come by. <laughs> I had to <laughs> shop high and low to find that block. But um, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Uh, let us know if you have a favourite rum and raisin block. Is it uh, one of the three that we've tried in the studio today? We'll pop that up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page. And we'll be back right after this with our sweetest tune.
Time now and afternoon delight for our sweetest tune. And uh, as we've been munching on some rum and raisin, we could have gone with uh, kind of the old Jamaica reggae tunes, yeah. a little bit of Caribbean stuff. But we've uh, focused more on the Made in New Zealand Whitakers block. And we have an old sea ballad or sea shanty from New Zealand called Wellman. So uh, first documented in the 1960s. And it refers to the uh, the Wellerman, uh, a ship owned by the Weller brothers, who were some of the earlier European uh, sailors. And in early 2021, it got covered by a British singer called Nathan Evans and became a viral hit on TikTok. And uh, for some strange reason, sea shanties made it back into uh, popular culture after some hundred <laughs> or so years. Uh, so lots and lots of uh, sea shanties and maritime songs were starting to pop up on TikTok. Um, so this song, it's all about whaling and stuff like that, but it does mention rum. So yeah. uh, that is the the very, very tenuous link to uh, rum and raisin. Uh, and here it is. This is Wellerman. There once was a ship that put to sea The name of the ship was a bully of tea The winds blew up her bowed up down Oh below my bully boys blow <gasps> Soon may the Willowman come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take our leave and go She'd not been two weeks from shore When down on her a right whale bore The captain called all hands and swore He'd take the whale in tow <gasps> Soon may the Willowman come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take our leave and go da 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 before the boat had hit the water, the whale sail came up and caught her hands to the side, harpooned and fought her when she dived down low. <gasps> Soon may the Willowman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. No line was cut, no whale was freed The captain's mind was not of greed And he belonged to the whaleman's creed She took that ship in tow <gasps> Soon may the whaleman come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take our leave and go da 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 for forty days or even more The lane went slack and tight once more All boats were lost, there were only four But still that will did go <gasps> Soon may the Willowman come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take a leave and go as far as I've heard, the fight's still on The line's not cut and the whale's not gone The willow man makes his regular call To encourage the captain, crew and all Soon may the willow man come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take a leave and go Soon may the willow man come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take a leave and go that there was The Wellerman by uh, Nathan Evans on Afternoon Delight, our sweetest tune. Now, if you head to the Afternoon Delight Facebook page, we're putting up uh, all the big questions that we're asking on the show today. Um, and uh, 
while we're wiping <laughs> chocolate off our fingers and rum and raisin, uh, let us know um, what is your uh, thoughts on rum and raisin. Is it really just an old person's flavouring? Yeah. Uh, and is it better in chocolate form or ice cream? We're going to take a very quick break. We're back with the recipe right after this. Time to jump in the kitchen and share a recipe now. We're uh, steering clear of the chocolate. We've had quite enough of that in the studio. What are we uh, cooking up? Rum and raisin ice cream. Mm. I hear this is a favourite of your father's. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What do we need? 250 grams of raisins, 100 ml of dark rum, 4 egg yolks, 60 ml of golden syrup, 1 teaspoon of vanilla extract, 20 ml of treacle, 600 ml of thick cream. Thank you, dokie. And to put it all together? Place the raisins and rum in a pan and bring to the boil, then allow to cool and macerate. Place the egg yolks, golden syrup and vanilla extract and the treacle in the bowl of an electric mixer and beat for five minutes until thick. Add the cream and beat for two minutes. Place in a plastic container in the freezer for 45 minutes until beginning to harden. Fold through rum and raisins until well combined, then freeze until firm. Serve in homemade chocolate bowls. Simply melt 200 grams dark or milk chocolate in a bowl over a pan of simmering water, then set aside to cool. Dip the base of an inflated balloon into the chocolate. Remove the re-dip until base is well covered in chocolate. Stand on a tray until it has hardened, then carefully deflate the balloon and discard. Refrigerate until ready to serve. Well, that's a clever way to have a bowl that you can uh, eat after you've had your ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll stick a copy of that up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page. If you'd like to have a go at that one yourself, sounds like a, uh, a sweet treat to finish off with. Yeah. We've got one thing left to do, and that is to uh, open up our Kinder Surprise. What is inside this week? Nice clean foil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, smoothest separation of the chocolate I think we've had so far. There is not a yeah. crumb to be seen. It's nice and soft. Okay, what have we got there? Going for a roll. It's a piece together. Uh, it's 
some sort of marsupial. I can see long ears. I can tell it's a kangaroo, yeah. but I don't know how to put it together. <laughs> so four pieces. Uh, it looks like head and right forearm. Then, oh, the legs connected to a base piece. I was trying to work out what. why was there a flat plastic piece on the leg, but that's obviously the base. So Max is connecting two legs together first. Has that got the tail attached as well? Yeah. I'm, I'm having a funny <laughs> feeling that that's probably one of the last things to go <laughs> yeah. to hold it all together. So, yeah. So I'm thinking that head and there is a long sticky addy piece. I don't know what that's for. <laughs> I think that's going to attach the the back of the kangaroo to the front of the kangaroo. Oh, no. I think we're actually going to have to look at the instructions. <laughs> oh, no. No, he's got it. Okay. So front paws are connected to the head now. Oh, he's, he's still going for the... Connecting the legs first? No, I think the legs no. definitely have to be the last step. I reckon this is the trickiest one. <laughs> I don't know why. Definitely without instructions. Okay, so the legs got a little clip in it so that the kangaroo can, I'm assuming, rock back and forward on its hind legs. There's definitely got to be an order to this one. Yeah. <laughs> He's persevering, trying to get the uh, sections all together. I don't know how a kid's supposed to do this. No. <laughs> And, okay, so now we have the head, the forearms, the back left leg, and finally, the tail and the base and the right leg getting connected. And I think we will then have a kangaroo. It's not going in. Oh, no. <laughs> There's three quarters of a kangaroo and a leg. <laughs> well, Max finishes that one off. I'll let you know that uh, this coming Saturday night, uh, OCRFM are teaming up with the Colac players for a night of fun and festivities, a uh, completely and utterly improvised comedy night. So if you're up for a laugh, um, it's in the style of Thank God You're Here or uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway, with the audience uh, throwing out suggestions and the performers having to make up all the funny stuff on the spot. Tickets are available from the OCRFM website or try booking. And uh, they're only 10 bucks if you pre-book online or $15 cash at the door. All proceeds supporting your community radio station. <laughs> Max has uh, determinedly snapped together the last of the kangaroo. There we go. So it was the head that had to go on last. Yeah. After all that. Yeah. And <sighs> so he folds from the middle mm -hmm. and kind of rears up on its hind legs. Yeah. Which can be quite terrifying in real life, I hear. Yeah. They've got very powerful hind legs, but they can get... There's a, a very funny uh, clip of Marty the Monster <laughs> from a Channel 7 live cross of... Uh, there's a guy in a big suit that... Uh, Marty the Monster... I don't think he talked. I can't remember if he talked or not or just made grunting noises. But uh, it was a kid's TV show, and they were doing a live cross with this kangaroo. And so the kangaroo is kind of hugging the monster to start with, but then gets pretty dang brutal and is kicking him to the floor on live TV. 
okay. uh, and the monster's just playing along <laughs> as best it can. But it would have been terrifying whoever was in that seat. Yeah. Uh, but that is our rum and raisin edition of Afternoon Delight, ending on a kangaroo tale. Uh, if you've got suggestions for what you'd like to hear on future episodes, send an email to lolly at ocrfm.org.au or jump on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page. Thanks again, Max. Catch you in a week. Yeah. Bye. See ya. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. My motto's always been when it's right, it's right. Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night? When everything's a little clear in the light of day. Then you know the night is always gonna be there anyway. Working up my appetite Looking forward to a little afternoon delight Rubbing sticks and stones together Makes the sparks ignite And the thought of loving you Is getting so exciting Sky rockets in flight Afternoon delight